you brought scotch to the studio and i have my red wine over here (laughs) (laughs) but you once told me that you love red sweet wines you described them as super sexy (laughs) and um (laughs) you said you drink white wine when you're feeling bougie You are now listening to Marketing Over Wine, a podcast where I chat with the marketers behind the companies and the campaigns you see in the world today. They share everything, how they got into marketing, the strategies and the tools that they use, how they charge for their services, and the mistakes and successes they have made in their career. Each episode is unfiltered and a masterclass. So come join us. I am your host as always, Olawomi Olaniye. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing Over Wine. Today, I have Praise Ojekudo, popularly known as Inkem. <laughs> so I have Praise joining me to share a marketing career journey. But before she shares her story, here are some things to know about her. Inkem is a B2B SaaS content marketer and copywriter. And in the last two years, she has worked with companies across health, finance, web3, and education. And more recently, she niched down to help SaaS health tech companies connect deeply with their audience and build long-term loyalty and trust. Thank you for joining me today, Inkem. Thank you, me, for having me. <laughs> this is this is such an honor. I, I know you were pretty nervous about doing this, but Ray, yeah, you are. And you had probably half of Twitter sending in their support from the tweet you put out. <laughs> Yes, I did. (laughs) And I mean, like, it made everything better. It made me feel so much better, less anxious, Mm -hmm. given that this is my first time. I I loved the support that I got from my community. Well done. Well written for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right, let's start from the very beginning then. Okay. You studied microbiology as your first degree, and three years later, you're at the University of Chester studying digital marketing. Let's talk about that in-between period between microbiology and marketing. What drew you to marketing within that period, and how did your journey in this field begin? Uh, thank you, Nave. So, my first degree is in microbiology, yeah? Yeah. Before I finished school, before I finished microbiology, I knew that it wasn't something and I wanted to do long term. Okay. Like most Nigerians, <laughs> I didn't really have, I didn't think I had that clarity then when I wanted to like get into university. So yeah. at that point in time, choosing microbiology was because, you know, I wanted to go to the university. I wanted to leave the house. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to my final year in school, I started to panic and worry about what I was going to do after. And then the COVID period came, Corona, the lockdown. It was hell. Yeah. <laughs> because there was a lot of, you know, anxiety. There was a lot of worrying about what next, the next step for me. Mm-hmm. So after so much worrying and, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do i then went on google and you know i was i was like okay at that period there was nothing going on i was always home and i just i had a lot of time on my hands so i i thought to just you know check google and see what i can keep myself busy with okay so at first it was like okay you know what let me check google and learn a new skill or hone a skill that i already have so i checked for how i can be better at my communication skills like speaking and writing so a bunch of results came up i then decided to start a blog yeah yeah and 
after starting the blog, it was it was mostly personal essays I was writing. Okay. And after a while, I found that I enjoyed it. I loved writing, putting out my work, even though the work was trashy <laughs> at that time. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, like, I got support and people liked the idea of, you know, putting myself out there. I had my community, I had my friends support me, my family. Yeah. And after a while, I just, I just thought, you know what, let me try and see how I can make money mm. from writing online. Yeah. So I went back to Google and browsed, how can I make money with writing? Okay. So a bunch of results came up and copywriting was one of the results. So I then started to learn copywriting. Okay. So from learning copywriting, I worked with my first client. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of like a relationship I have had before that time. Okay. So I just reached out to them and said, "Oh, I'm currently learning this skill, mm-hmm. and if you have any opportunities or you you know you have anything you want me to handle for you, just reach out to me." And I, at that point in time, looking back now, they didn't need my help, but they still gave me projects. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. And that was my first project. That was the first time I was doing something for someone and they were paying me. Not something. That was the first time I was writing, copywriting for someone and I was being paid for it. Okay. And the rest just happened. From copywriting, I started to try other types of writing and then I landed on content marketing. Mm -hmm. So now it was more than writing. It was like a bunch of other things joined together and I just continued from there, exploring from one area to another, upskilling. Yeah. and that was it okay well done a quick thing to heart if you haven't subscribed yet and you love the content of marketing of wine please do so and share with all your friends now let's get back to the episode now you mentioned that you had to go to google to check out to write and then get into copywriting what courses did you take during that period i took a business writing course on coursera okay uh then i also took a course on hubspot academy all right and future learn as well yeah all right then now recently i noticed that you have developed a tag for yourself and i absolutely love it the empathy driven marketer i love that tag but what does that mean for the work you do okay so um i am a very empathetic person all right (laughs) my eq is like really high and have been like this all my life basically so the health sector, yep. especially the health tech sector, uh, mental health and um, mental health, personal development, fitness, all of those sectors are very personal to me because as an empath, I tend to feel a lot. Okay. I tend to... <laughs> I tend to um, be in other people's shoes a lot. And at a point, I used to feel like it was a cause. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> sometimes I do not want to feel, but I just cannot help it. <laughs> and recently, I, I've been thinking, I wanted to do something that was a part of who I am, not just because I wanted to make money. Yeah. I mean, I like to enjoy what I do. Yeah. So the only way I can do that is doing something that is connected to what you is do. Me. Something that something that is connected. Do you get? Yeah. So being an empathy-driven marketer means that I'm able to use this very high emotional IQ that I have yeah. to connect with my clients, yeah. to connect with my clients' customers, okay. to you know understand very 
very deeply the market, the target audience, who I am selling to or who I am helping with my skills. And it just feels very natural, you know, putting in the skill that I already have or the power that I know that I already have as somebody that has a lot of empathy. And it just, it just stuck. (laughs) I saw it online and then it just, it it, it struck me and I'm like, I mean, this, this is who I am and this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that gives you an edge in your marketing, in connecting with customers? It does. Because I a few days ago, I was telling someone that marketing is psychology. Yeah, yeah. And psychology is understanding... Human behavior and the feelings. Human behavior, the feelings, knowing why something happens the way it does, knowing yeah. why someone acts the way that they do. Yeah. And, you know, getting the reasons behind everything. And if you do not know your customer, there's no way that you can sell to them. There's no way you can help them. True. It's like you need to know someone well enough to know how you can come into their lives and there's no way that you would have a product or a service and push it down people's throats yep you want to know that they need it you want to know why they need it yeah i'm liking it to the talking stage presently it's like a talking stage where you're getting to know them and they have to like you first or they have to trust you first before a relationship can begin exactly there has to be this familiarity mm-hmm. a relationship i mean you don't go on the internet and tell everybody your business you only talk to your close friends yeah and you can't obviously accept stuff from just anybody there has to be like a relationship yeah and you can't even support people when you feel like maybe you i mean why in a very transactional world yeah <laughs> the way it is you need to make me feel like you know you have my back i i mean something to you and in return i can buy what you're selling or you know be your friend or yeah. you know support you too i was recently telling someone that humans are innately selfish i think we run away from that tag because when someone tells you you're selfish it, it feels like a very big deal it feels like a bad thing the person is abusing you in quotes but naturally I feel humans are selfish and it's normal we look out for someone who has our best interest at heart if something does not necessarily benefit you whether now or in the long term eh, you will not really put that much effort into doing it and True. yeah it's the same thing with marketing yeah moving from that Christmas just ended New Year just ended and you put out a tweet that you had to spend Chris this was the first Christmas you had to spend alone (laughs) sorry about that it's okay so imagine that you are gathered with family you have your cousins your aunts your uncles your grandma everyone around there is a 99% probability being from a Nigerian family that they are bound to ask what do you do okay what are you doing presently so how would you explain content marketing for SaaS health tech companies in layman's language imagine you're explaining to your grandma <laughs> okay um, so I've had to explain what I do to my mom severally okay she has asked me I've explained she has asked again I've explained yeah but um, the last time that a family member asked me what I did. So a SaaS content marketer, right? Yeah. Is someone that just sells a product or a service to the people that need it. Okay. Customers or clients or whoever needs it, basically. So SaaS content marketing for health tech. I'm going to break it down in this way. Please go ahead. <laughs> 
So, uh, SaaS software as a service yeah. is cloud-based. Yeah? yeah. So what this means is you have data, information, all of it stored on the cloud and you can easily access it by just either installing or downloading an app. Okay. So for health tech, this product, you can say, does the functions of health personals. For instance, my favorite app, which is an app that I use nearly every day, is a yoga app. Okay. So the yoga app... <laughs> The yoga app for me is kind of like a yoga instructor that helps me do yoga every day. And I do yoga every day. Wow. Or every other That's day. That's dedication. Because... <laughs> Because uh, it helps me mentally. Okay. Yoga is something that helps me relax, helps me with my balance in life. It helps me with my mental well-being. It's kind of the things that I am able to take care of myself with. So using that as a case study right now or as an explanation, yeah. if I were to market for the yoga app, which is a SaaS product, mind you, the product is in the health sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's tech, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So I would sell that product, which is a yoga app, to yoga enthusiasts like me. Okay. And I will sell it in different ways on different platforms. First of all, you know marketing's research. You need to know who you're selling to. Yeah. So what I do, my job as a health tech SaaS content marketer yeah. is that I create content to sell that product and I create the content in a way that it resonates and it relates to the people that I'm trying to sell it to. Okay. And I reach out to them on the various levels that they are at. Yeah. It was what is known as buyer's journey. I reach out to them on the different platforms that I know that they frequent. I try to find out what it is that they want from the product yeah and then i put out content to show them that you know what this is the problem that you have this is what you expect from this product and this is how this product can help you so basically i'm putting out educational content okay. to teach you or to teach the um customer yeah. that the product that they the um problem that they are facing this product can help them and this is how this product can help them and it doesn't even end there. Content marketing for health tech shows you that um, this is how your life would be while you are using this product and after you have used this product. Yeah. So basically, it's just my job is to help the company reach who they are selling to and make sure that the people that they're also selling to get a clear understanding of what they are going to get from the product because once they get a clear understanding, they are able to now invest their money or their time in the product. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. Now, speaking of which, you once mentioned that content marketing is more than writing. You said that content marketing helps to drive sales, increase customer relationships, and even domain authority and several other benefits. How do you personally use content to drive more sales, build customer relationships, and increase domain authority? Um, for my clients or for myself? <laughs> for your clients. For your clients. <laughs> okay. Uh, so to drive sales, I like to think of content marketing as a knowledge base. Each piece of content that you put out depends on the goal that you're trying to achieve or the goal that the company is trying to achieve. So for sales, you want to put out content that guides or that teaches the 
target audience. You want to address the audience pain points and showcase how the product can solve their problems. Yeah. Like I said earlier, if the customer has no idea what the product is about or the features or the benefits of even using that product or how to even use that product, there's no sale. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So I need to um, put out content in a way that it gives all the information so that they are aware of what they want and convinced to go for it. Then there's also crafting an engaging narrative that doesn't only highlight the features, but also tell like success stories and shows the benefit of using the tech product. Yeah. So I explain tech is very, it can be complex. There are a lot of tech jargons, yeah. there are a lot of industry slangs and trends and all of that and the ordinary customer doesn't care about that they don't know that yeah so to drive sales i mentioned creating a knowledge guide yeah. or base where you can carry your customers along giving them all the right information then for the second is crafting an engaging narrative so the features from the product that obviously needs to sell to the customer but then you don't want to go and tell your customer uh let me find it the, the simplest example you don't want to just say we have a sleep management feature okay and so okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> you want to talk about how managing one sleep schedule can make them feel yeah. how having a healthy sleep routine what that can do for their well-being or their productivity so yes you have an app sorry you have a, fe a feature on your app that manages that you first want to lead with the benefits you first want to show the person that this is what you get from having a good sleep routine and we can help you get a good sleep routine when you use this feature so all of that educating the customer is all about i think mostly SaaS content is just giving a lot of information the right information at the right time and in a very clear manner okay that in turn would bring up sales then you talked about building customer relationships yeah so like you said earlier everybody's people are selfish yeah <laughs> <laughs> people are selfish so you want to build a relationship in a way that they are getting something from you and you are getting something from them in this case my clients are getting the money from them <laughs> and in turn we are the, the client or the company the organization is sharing valuable insights tips industry trends yeah literally anything that can help the customer live better but I'm, i mean all the explanation i'm giving i'm giving in the um sense of health tech okay so we're giving tips we're giving insights we're giving industry trends literally anything that would make the customer's life so much better increase their well-being and knowledge in self and health yeah then mentioning that tech can have a lot of jargons and a lot of industry slangs that customers do not understand you want to break down those ideas those complex ideas you want to break them down to a very easy relatable way so content in SaaS health tech shouldn't be a sales pitch yeah <laughs> i know that you're we're, we're trying to like sell a product or we're trying to sell a service yeah. or we want them to subscribe or to you know sign up for a free trial and all of that but i mean imagine somebody always wanting to sell to you you won't buy it to be annoying yeah you were wrong <laughs> somebody was trying to sell me something on linkedin and first of all they came on to me very strong <laughs> 
I, I knew they wanted to sell and then when it finally came out that they were selling I was irritated I was I was annoyed I didn't give them that attention so SaaS content marketing to build um, customer relationship you need to know that your content isn't just a sales pitch it's a bridge that connects your brand with your audience on a more personal level yeah so on a more personal level means you're you know weaving in stories mm -hmm. you're weaving in this relatable narrative it feels like a person talking to another person not a person talking to a business because even behind the business are people yeah and business Businesses don't, I mean, businesses don't sell to people. People that run businesses sell to people, so. Mm, that's, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Earlier on, you mentioned that uh, you're an empath. Yeah. And you mentioned that you're big on mental health. Yeah. So let's get away from marketing for a little while. Uh, shout out to everyone trying to prioritize their mental health in <laughs> this world filled with toxicity and creativity. Yeah. Uh, for you, what are your best mental health tips specially created for marketers? I love this one extra. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I am always looking for ways to find balance in life because like you said it's very chaotic yeah <laughs> so these are things that i know over time i've continued to work for me so i have five things here five mental health tips specially created for marketers <laughs> Number one is set realistic goals. Okay. This is a very, it, it seems, it sounds like a simple tip, but it's really not. Set realistic goals in the sense that if you're like me, marketers want to do, marketers feel like they can handle the world. Yeah. They want to do everything. <laughs> uh -huh. It's It gets overwhelming when you have so much to do and you don't have the right plan or... Little time and little resources. This, little time, little resources and no plan. Mm. So set realistic goals. Yeah. You, yes, you have, you have a list of things you want to do. You have a list of goals you want to achieve. Yeah. First of all, ask yourself, before you put together a long to-do list, how do you intend to cross those tasks off that list or to meet that goal? Okay. What are the things that you need to reach that goal? And how long would it take you to reach that goal? When you think about the resources, the tools, the people that you also need, when you think about all of those things, you'll be able to like f filter the goals and you'll be able to set aside everything that you need to reach that goal so that's that's it on setting realistic goals this is so that you are not overwhelmed yeah. because i don't do well when i'm overwhelmed Same. i don't think anyone <laughs> does either so you want to prioritize your energy prioritize your focus and set realistic goals okay then the second is take breaks and downtime yeah this is so important because as somebody that has their mind working 24-7 over time non-stop you need to be intentional about slowing down yeah so usually I, I would tell myself you're clocking into work right now and you're going to clock out mm. because you can clock into work do what you have to do and you are still at it you're still going at what point in time do you close your laptop and do you say you know what I'm done for today <laughs> at what point 
so you yeah. need to like take breaks schedule there's this app i use that helps me a lot as a pomodoro timer okay. it helps me me focus and then it, it gives me time to also take breaks to either stretch or walk or you know do something else that is not in front of my laptop or that is not work related so you want to clock in and out of work mode tell yourself that you know what you, you are working for so and so time and once you're closing your laptop if you're someone like me that even if you've closed your laptop you're still in front of your laptop talk to yourself like a friend and yeah. tell yourself you know what i've done my best for today and i would have more time to get back to this tomorrow but right now i need to focus on other things to replenish my energy so that i can be more productive yeah. because if you spend your time thinking about all the things that you couldn't do then you start the next day with low energy so yeah take time take breaks and downtime okay then um the third one i would say is stay organized well i am still learning this but <laughs> it, it is a very it is a very serious and important hack too because systems are very important yeah it helps you save time it helps you be more effective it helps you be more productive so when you're organized you're able to do better work true use tools create systems to keep your workload organized because um, doing this will help you reduce stress and it will ensure that your tasks are manageable and your deadlines are realistic and at the end of the day happy with yourself um for this i would say for um tools that i use for this yeah google calendar and notion okay then another tip is celebrate creativity wins and practice gratitude i put all of this together because they're kind of like related so by celebrate creativity i would say as a marketer as a because a marketer is a creative i mean you are putting together stuff you're creating definitely so <laughs> so you need to i mean you need to first be your biggest fan so celebrate your work yeah there's nobody will write a hook like you nobody yeah. will write an introduction or a conclusion or even structure an article or a marketing ad like you you are unique your creativity is unique to you so no matter what you do celebrate it you took out the time and you have put that together even though yeah. you it needs iteration and feedback and all of that but you're an artist so celebrate your work yeah. then celebrate your wins it might be as little as writing that blog post or by the way writing a blog post is not little <laughs> but i mean it can At be anything all. but just celebrate your wins yeah and then practice gratitude it is easy to always feel like you are lagging behind mm -hmm. it is easy to you know look at what other people are doing and just tell yourself that oh my god i should be doing so much more yeah. or oh i was only able to write one post or i have so much work i have this deadline coming up i'm tired or so many things but you need to be grateful for where you are yeah you have work first of all one. so you have you have work so even though you have all these deadlines coming up you have mm -hmm. work yeah thank god for that Hallelujah. be grateful for that <laughs> <laughs> then 
you have a skill you are a marketer mm-hmm. that, and a marketer wears so many hats yeah you have all the skills combined in one mm-hmm. be grateful that you have that okay you can write you, you, you can do strategy you can do so many things be grateful for your role as a marketer your the company that you work with or the value that you are bringing because at the end of the day yes you're a marketer but the value that you bring is so much more than the title yeah it's so much more than the role so yeah. be grateful for that practice gratitude as much as you can even if you have to make it try to make it a daily ritual by you know writing or saying it to yourself or you know talking to people about it yeah. just try to practice gratitude then the last one is professional development this is a health and this is a mental health tip because i find that i feel more i feel more fulfilled accomplished my confidence increases in myself when i'm constantly learning something new okay self-confidence (laughs) self-confidence you can never ever just it's very important. Yeah. Self-confidence is what allows you sell yourself. It's what allows you go out with your head held up. It's what allows you contribute and it's what allows you share your experience because you know that you're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving. So you have you have um, experiences, you have a story yeah. to share. Unlike when you feel like you're in one place and you're stagnant, your self-confidence reduces and there's no way that you'll be able to show up as your most authentic self, as your best self, when you don't even believe in who you are. So constant learning, constant development is it. So those are like my five mental health <laughs> yeah, five top my, tips. My, my five top mental health tips for marketers. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Uh you mentioned creativity and um rightly so you said marketers are creative yeah sometimes creativity eats you when you're walking on the road sometimes it's when you are even in the bathroom <laughs> sometimes it's when you are difficulty <clears throat> <laughs> toilet um yeah how do you keep track of all your creative ideas okay i'm um, just going to start by saying i have a very unhealthy relationship with buying notepads <laughs> i have notepads that i haven't even used okay. stationary but i would buy more i go around with a pen and a notepad no matter where i'm going to wow. <laughs> because i'm <laughs> I, I i want to get to that stage but <laughs> i don't think it's for me i'm always i'm always just you know scribbling like i said my, my mind is always my mind is always working so if i am not with my notepad or my pen i use my notes app a lot and if i'm not using my notes app i send myself messages on whatsapp wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. yesterday yesterday i was <laughs> yesterday i was at work and something hit me I was, um, something hit me for work and I immediately went to my phone. I took up my WhatsApp and I recorded a voice note and just hit send. Yeah. Those are the things that I do. I have like ideas everywhere on my notepad, uh, in my private chat with myself on WhatsApp, uh-huh. on um, Notion. Notion. I also okay. store, <laughs> I also store ideas on Notion as well. But I would say Notion for me is 
a more organized way of storing my creative ideas because I can pull up Notion on my phone to, you know, if at that point in time when the idea comes and I remember, I'll pull up Notion. But if I don't, I have my notepad if I'm in the mood to just write because I actually prefer writing on paper than actually writing on, you know, screen. Um, <laughs> okay. So at the end of the day, I would say Notion is more organized because most I mostly just gather everything that I have put everywhere at the end of the day and just drop it in my notion so now i am not looking at different places if i need to go back to that idea notion just stores everything for me but yeah that's how i am able to manage all my creative ideas all right then you once tweeted uh i think that was a while <laughs> you've back been looking, you've been looking at my tweets a lot i've been looking <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i've been looking everywhere uh we, I would like to say we do our research, so it includes all your social media accounts, your LinkedIn. I love it. Your Medium. I've, I found your Medium page too. My goodness. Everything. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you once tweeted that content marketers should share their analogies explaining the importance of creating the content marketing strategy. And everyone came with their different analogies back then. Some people likened it to going to war. If you don't have a content marketing strategy, you're essentially sending your soldiers to suicide. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So let me throw it back at you. Now, this is a two questions in one thing. One, first question, what is your best analogy to explain the need to create a content marketing strategy the second question what is your process for creating one mm, okay so i can remember uh i can remember the either the tweet or the blog post or whatnot that i you know put out that analogy thing uh but not a lot but i would use this analogy right now a road trip yeah so say you want to go on a road trip there are different things that you would first of all plan before you get out of your house and into your car and on the road, get on the road. You want to map out your route. You want to make a plan of all the sites that you want to see on that road trip. Yeah. You also want to make a plan on where you would stop while you are on the road trip, maybe to get supplies yeah. or to do whatnot. But you, you need to have all of this planned out because it's a road trip and you won't just leave your house and just be on the road. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. To. Except village people they follow you Shabo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like where are you going to you need to have a direction yeah. and content marketing strategy is just like that you you need to have a goal you need to have a plan you need to know where you are going what you want to do how you want to do it how you are even going to get there there's a lot of there's a lot of planning but planning plus research equals informed decisions hmm. you don't just word, want to word, make word, decisions word, word. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to make you don't want to make decisions just because you need to make a decision because you are looking to get something out of that decision yeah yeah so for content marketing strategy now i want to talk about my process okay please do <laughs> so before i create anything before i put out any form of content research okay i research just as you have researched me <laughs> <laughs> I would research everything that I can lay my hands on, everything that I can have access to. I research the business that I'm creating content for. Yeah. I research the competitors of um, the business competitors. I research the main, the clients, the the customers yeah. that I want to help my um, clients reach. 
And in all of this research, I'm able to learn what the business is about. Mm -hmm. I'm able to learn what the competitors of this business or my clients, I'm able to learn what they are doing, yeah. what they aren't doing, mm -hmm. and able to get inspiration and some sort of direction from the knowledge I get from that research. Yeah. And I'm able to know the target audience so well that any content that I craft, any content that I put out, isn't just falling to... Headshot. <laughs> yeah, do you get it? Yeah. Headshot. Like, it just goes directly. It just it hits them. Yeah. Because it's the only way that you minimize mistakes and wasting resources. Mm. For instance, you, you you want to sell a toy um, bicycle. You're not going to sell it to a, a grown-up man. Well, you can sell it to me, Shabon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know that you're selling it to... A child and you want to know how the child will react to it you want to send a message that would delight the child yeah you know so there's a lot of research that goes into strategy uh and again you want to also put into consideration the goal of that content yeah so as much as you're doing all this research you need to have at the back of your mind yes i'm doing all this research but what is the main purpose what's the goal of putting out a compelling message what's the message i'm trying to pass or what's the the one thing that i want the reader or the audience or the customer to do with this content yeah. strategy does that for you and then strategy is something again that can help the company reach their goals obviously then stay consistent and also my process of doing strategy includes a time to reflect or a how would i put this as much as strategy is concerned it is not set in stone yeah strategy can change so there is room for gathering data yeah. there's room for analyzing Definitely. all that data all that information mm -hmm. and yeah that's it that's that's basically my process okay thank you for sharing your process now we know that good stories are relatable it's what connects your brand to the target audience as you have talked about it what makes them go wow that that's for me that toy bicycle or toy car was made specially for me i can relate to that example whatever that example maybe for you what is the role of storytelling in your content strategy how do you use storytelling in your content strategy mm. Mm. okay <laughs> okay so um storytelling is key to passing a memorable message okay yeah i'll say that because think about the last book or the last movie or the last conversation that you had with a person that you remember it's because that story was interesting it was engaging so there were things or the communication between or the interaction between you and that story did something did something to you so i would say storytelling is important in my in content marketing because people want to be able to relate to stuff people want to be able to you know connect yeah so for instance, you are, you know, selling a service or a product. You don't want to make it boring. Now, this is for you. This is you, for you. It's your content strategy. <laughs> okay, I don't want to make it boring. Okay. I don't want to make it boring. I want to be able to put out content in a way that, like you said, is relatable. Yeah. And before getting to that point where I am putting out relatable content, I first need to connect it to who I am putting out that content for. True. So whatever the message is, it can 
only be compelling if it is a relatable narrative. Mm-hmm. For instance, if I'm talking about the the bicycle, the toy bicycle, for instance, <laughs> I would I would share a story about you know. To, obviously, I'm selling to a kid. Yeah. So I'm talking about how you know having that bicycle would make him the coolest kid in his class. Oh she. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he gets to be the only one or one be the only one out of a hundred people to have that bicycle. I mean, everybody wants to be his friend. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, there's just a lot of ways that storytelling comes into um content marketing because now away from selling to a child yeah the human brain how the human brain works it is logical but emotional as well Hmm, so (laughs) it is logical but it's emotional as well logical in the sense that as much as we as people are emotional and you know work based on emotions we want to still see facts yeah data all of that to drive our decision so storytelling is something that creates that balance in the human brain it can tap into the emotional side and then data and stats can also um, tap into the logical side yeah. so for um, another example for how i use storytelling mm-hmm. i would say is instead of explaining a product feature and giving and just you know putting it out there with all the industry jargon everything Mm -hmm. i will narrate it in a way that i show you in layman's terms how this product can solve your problem using characters using scenarios that the audience or the readers can identify with yeah i want to create a narrative that allows the reader you know put themselves in that in the shoes of the story i'm telling and then they say oh yeah i i had this problem or i have this problem that this um i'm reading currently and oh this is the um solution to it and then automatically that relatability is what brings the connection yeah so it's basically just transforming complex concept into a relatable narratives and create a connection with the audience instead of bombarding them with like technical details yeah. just weaving stories that illustrate the real world impact of the technology that i'm trying to sell them yeah and in turn storytelling everybody will be in, engaged with a good story yeah that's why i asked you think about the last time you read a, an interesting book or a movie or you had a conversation with somebody as far as you're engaged you will remember and you will read to the bottom yeah you will read to the end and you will now finally do what we want you to do or what <laughs> i want you to do in that yeah. case i incorporate storytelling by just framing content as a journey you know showing the readers yeah you know th- i know that this is where you are right now mm-hmm. and i know that you want to get there and this is how you're going to get there yeah and just weave it in in a very interesting way using things that they are interested in that is why research comes in okay yeah okay have you seen any of the younger games yes i have okay i can use that as an example then in the younger games every year 
tributes are selected from each of the districts, right? Yeah. And they go on to fight to death. Now, even though you know only one person survives, the story or the journey of that tribute, the story they act out or their life story, basically, during the Onge games makes you root for them. Yeah. Now, whether they're going to survive or not, you have no idea. It's, it's a thing of chance. But storytelling in that case lets you root for any of those tributes from the district. It's even the same thing in Big Brother Ninja or Big Brother Africa, any of them. You don't know who's going to win, but the power of storytelling, as you have said, it makes you root for that person because you can relate easily to their character. Yeah. Uh, just to add more point to what you said. <laughs> yeah, I, I was even I was going to add that. I think the trick of storytelling is to look from the consumer or the customer perspective. Exactly. So you you need to just maybe take a pause, ask yourself if I were this person, what would I want to see? Yeah. Or what would I relate to if I had this sort of problem or if I needed this sort of solution? What would I be able to relate to better? Yeah. yeah. All right then. I want to get a bit personal here. Everyone has a client acquisition method. Some people rely on IRN managers finding them, either from a blog post that they wrote, or some people even rely on building a personal brand on social media. They post things they can do for a particular brand. Others rely on code email. And you have written about how to write the perfect code email. I enjoyed that article, by the way. What method moves the needle the most for you? Okay, so I now I just thought back to that article that you're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point when I was um, sending a lot of um, code emails. And let me add that code emailing is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At the point, I, I had to let that go because <laughs> i mean like there are other ways that i could get my clients so i had to let code emailing go yeah. but one thing i would say that over time since the start of my career up until now has brought me clients is brand visibility hey. and <laughs> yes it's brand visibility i've gotten clients from linkedin i've gotten clients from twitter twitter most especially yeah. and funny thing is all the times that it has happened it, it's been oh okay let me just you know put out something and all of a sudden someone is reaching out to me through that post or through that thread or yeah. content so i would say what works for me really well is putting myself out there sharing as much as i can sharing you know giving out my knowledge putting out value okay. um sharing my work process you know just building everything that you, you can think about when building your personal brand social media yeah everything you can think about when you build your personal brand yeah okay so building building my personal brand has really helped me get clients and this year it's one of the things that i'm very intentional about something that i have really committed to because over time i wasn't really serious with it i mean I had my clients, but then I would, you know, put out content here and there to, you know, just stay relevant or, you know, stay at the top of um, the minds of my clients. But right now it's even more personal because I am committed to to building and being vulnerable and sharing as, as I go. And I am finding that the more I put myself out there, the more I share, the more I'm vulnerable about my growth yeah. and my processes the more i learn the more i connect the more i build more meaningful relationships and another thing i would say is 
as I build my personal brand, my connections grow. And it doesn't even have to be a direct client reaching out to me through my content. It might even be a connection, you know, referring me. And this has happened a number of times. Yeah. A connection referring me or, you know, just hitting me up and saying, oh, I know you posted this on your social media the other day. I have someone that's looking for this or I have someone that needs this. And I mean, why not go all in? All right, then. Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned... <laughs> go on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, when you were talking about how you keep track of your creativity, you mentioned using Notion, your notepad, physical notepads too, yeah. and you also mentioned Promodo for your time management. Yeah. Besides all of these tools, what other tools do you use day to day as part of your workflow? Google Calendar. Google Calendar, okay. <laughs> yeah. Funny thing is, I started to use Google Calendar a lot more recently. Uh, Google Calendar is it helps me manage my time mm -hmm. it helps me keep track of my week my month yeah it just puts everything in front of me yeah then there's google doc obviously i, think, <laughs> I mean like there's google doc <laughs> and um okay yeah i mentioned notion earlier i mentioned um the pomodoro timer and then there is chat gpt okay you know at first when um chat gpt came about i didn't understand it then but it is part of the tools that i use daily now because it makes just it makes my workflow easier yeah. it's like an assistant because there are things that i would spend time and time doing that i could easily just you know prompt chat gpt to do for me and i use the rest of my time to do something more creative and something better yeah, yeah so yeah I have Google Docs, ChatGPT, Notion, Google Calendar, and Pomodoro Timer. Okay. Winding down, what are some successes and accomplishments along your marketing career journey in the past three years? First, I would say for the last three years, I've been a generalist. So I have been working with you know different industries working on different um products or projects yeah but i would say the one time that i saw very clear visible growth in my career was in 2023 money <laughs> funny thing is it was more of the fulfillment and personal growth because all the other years yes i i did have work i was making money my service year was uh, really nice. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, service year was the year where I was working with a lot of people. That was the first time I got paid in foreign currency. Oh, I mean, I was, I, was in my, I was in my NYSC house and counting my money. I'm like, ah, so I can make this work. <laughs> but then I don't think there was this, the fulfillment and the personal growth that I got in 2023. It was just a lot. It was just a lot. So um, last year, I co-authored a book. <laughs> I co-authored a global marketing book uh, titled Inside the Marketer's Room. Uh, it's a book of, it's a book filled with insights from over 50 leading marketers all over the world. Funny thing is, when year started, it wasn't something that I saw happening, but it's, 
I would say it is one of my highest achievements as a content marketer so far. Proud of you. Do you, do you get it? Thank you. <laughs> I still kind of believe that I wrote a book with the most amazing, brilliant women, um, marketers, team members. Joining um, the Smarketers Hub really brought this growth to my career, really impacted me in so many ways pushed me outside shout out to smarketers hub <laughs> shout out to smarketers hub and my amazing team <laughs> yeah smarketers hub joining smarketers hub really uh, made a very big impact in my career okay so before i joined smarketers hub i'd worked all these years and i wasn't really feeling that fulfillment that you know contentment with my job and the value that I was given it wasn't there yeah so when I reached out to my manager the our founder Aisha Wolabi okay I had in mind that you know what I wanted to do valuable work I wanted to do good work and the idea behind Smarketers Hub it was just something I wanted to be a part of and she gave me a chance which is something that I'm really grateful for <laughs> So my first month working with Smarketers Hub, this, the, what I'm going to say now is something that actually blew my mind. I, so we, the team decided to go with a multi-channel strategy. So I am the community manager handling X. Twitter, please. Formerly known Twitter. As Twitter. I refuse to call Twitter X. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I always add that disclaimer. I mean, I always add that part where I say X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, I'm the community manager handling um, Twitter. And in my first month, when we um, started to go with the multi-channel strategy, I planned and executed a multi-channel marketing strategy that increased organic traffic by 517%. Impressions went from 39.1K to 213K in a month. Wow. First of all, I'm like, how? Like, how? My manager said, oh, I've seen what you can do when you are passionate about something. Yeah. And that alone made me, you know, just stand on the decision that moving forward i would only do stuff that that you're passionate about that, my, that, I, that i'm passionate about things that i align with things that align with my goal okay. and no matter what i find myself doing i would do it so well i will put in my best like my manager would say i would commit to competence good when <laughs> i mean like yeah then another thing i would say is my success is a success or an accomplishment along my writing career journey is the fact that I've gotten to collaborate with diverse teams and create meaningful connections. My team members are so brilliant. We have the team lead, Etache, who is like the most brilliant writer and marketer that you would find. And there is gifts. Oh my God, when I joined the team, her growth is so impressive. And there is my manager, Aisha, just working with the three of them. You cannot not help but do the work and also shine. Yeah. Do you understand? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten access to these people if I wasn't on this path, this 
writing career journey. And also, in general, my writing journey over time, I, I've come to discover that has made me know myself even deeply, like more, has made me know myself more. Yeah. Writing is a way for me to, writing is a way that over time I've always just been able to express myself with. I keep a journal, so mm -hmm. I share a lot and I keep a journal, so I'm always writing about one thing or the other. It just helped me bring my thoughts to, to life. It helps me make, it helps me understand everything that goes on in my head. The one thing that I am enthusiastic about or the one thing that I preach about that I stand by is once you know yourself, every other thing follows. Yeah. You need to know self. And I am grateful that writing is the one medium that helps me do that well. Okay. Cheers to more successes and accomplishments. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> All right. In the same vein, what are some career mistakes that you've made along your career journey and what lessons did you learn from them? Mm, number one, everything is not about money. Okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, money is important. It's definitely. Yeah. Very important, I know. But at the same time, as you're making money, you, you need to, like, think about the other aspects of your life and the value that you are bringing. Yes, you're making money, but what's the impact that you're also making? Yeah, That's very what? important. You get money, you chop the money, you spend it. The money <laughs> will finish. <laughs> do you get? But at the same time, how do you feel about the work that you are doing? So as much as you're thinking about the money, also be intentional about the value that you are providing or that you are giving. One thing, the mistake I made when I started my career was I was so focused on making the money that I was taking up different clients, I was taking up any projects. I was doing a lot of, you know, work as far as it was just, you know, do what you're paying me to do and, you know, I'm getting paid. But the fulfillment, the happiness, the feeling that I'm providing value or doing something that aligns to me was taking it was taking something from me as well as much as it was putting something in my bank account it was also taking something from me and i mean you can get both yeah the truth is you can get both you can you can you can get the money and you can also provide value and feel fulfilled in your work okay then another mistake i would say is not documenting my journey yeah it was only recently that i started to you know document my work document my journey and that was a very big mistake because Documenting your journey would allow you look back at where you are coming from yeah. and see your growth. Yeah. It will allow you learn from mistakes. It will allow you know what's working, what you can double down on, yeah. and what you can just you know scrap rather than doing everything all at once and no way to even measure your growth or measure your efforts nothing mm -hmm. so i would say don't be like me <laughs> document document your journey document your journey as early as you can yeah then um this one is very personal and very recent as well okay one mistake i made was being a generalist for too long mm. i mean like everybody's journey is different sha so if you want to be a generalist for i mean it's left to you yeah but i would say it's a mistake on my part because now that i decided to niche down i can already see my progress 
now that I decided to commit to one thing, I can already see mm. how far I'm going to go or how far I've already even come just by niching down. Another mistake I made was not actively making connections. Yep, no one is an island. Yes, no one is an island. And trust me, you need community. You need connections. You need to put yourself out there. You need to connect to people. You need to be helpful to people so that in turn, people can also show up for you when you need them to. Yeah. I belong to a women's only group on WhatsApp is the Emecheta Collective. It's for women in tech. It's an accountability group where, you know, you get support from fellow minds and you connect with people yeah. all over the world and you get help when you need it and you help people when they need your help as well. Okay. And then my Twitter community, I mean, me, I met you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Funny, I met you on Twitter. I remember putting out a tweet and you commented and look, we're in the studio right Hallelujah, now recording somebody. a session. This is what connection can do. Yeah. This, is what, this is what connection can do. Like mm -hmm. you need to be intentional about connecting with people so that you're able to grow. Yeah, grow fast. Grow mm -hmm. fast and grow well. So those are like the four mistakes and the things I've learned from them. All right then. Now you you brought scotch to the studio and I have my red wine over here. <laughs> But you once told me that you love red sweet wines. Yeah. You described them as super sexy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you said you drink white wine when you're feeling bougie. Yeah. Has that taste changed? Do you still love red wine? Can I ever stop loving wine? Red wine. Emphasis on red wine. Can I ever stop? Oh, no, I mean like red wine, white wine. I love wine. Okay. Uh, but... Like I, like I told you earlier, it depends on how I'm feeling. <laughs> it, really, it really does depend on how I'm feeling. I know that I'm always getting a bottle of red wine for myself. Okay. And, you know, I just know I love wine and it's not going to stop anytime. I even want to just get to the point where I'm able to really pursue it and go for wine tasting, you know. Yeah. Walk around and do bougie shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then, <laughs> speaking of wine tasting and bougie shit, if you could have a glass of wine with any marketing professional, past or present, who would it be and why? Okay, I would <laughs> I would have a right. glass of wine with my manager and the founder of Smarketers Hub, Aisha Owolabi. Okay. For a lot of reasons. Alright. Uh, this is not the top reason, but I would say she's in the UK. I'm in the UK, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> and okay, then the important um, reasons. Aisha is a force. She is an inspirational woman and she's a leader. Okay. I don't think I've worked with anybody that has... She's the kind of person that you meet and you are prompted to do a self-reflection mm -hmm. and in a good way. She she has this energy and she she relates with you in a way that she shows you that there are possibilities. You can be more, you can do more, and you are capable. And that's the kind of energy that I vibe with. And I'm just so grateful that I have this access to her, yeah. that I'm able to tap from her knowledge, that I'm able to work hand in hand with her, that I'm able to, you know, apply myself with her guardians. And yeah, 
she, she's, a, she's a really cool babe. She's a really cool babe. And she seems like the kind of person that is adventurous and just wants to chop life and enjoy life. And <laughs> I subscribe to that. Like, <laughs> shout out to Aisha then. Yeah, she's, she's, she's an amazing marketer. Yeah. Where can we go to learn more about praise? <laughs> okay. Um, my two favorite channels to be on is Twitter. I wanted to mention LinkedIn first, but no. But no, Twitter first. <laughs> Twitter. I love Twitter. Okay. I love Twitter. Apart from the fact that you're able to, I'm able to work and learn on the platform. It's just a really chill platform. I mean, people say it's toxic and all of that, but I've, yeah. I've never been on the toxic side of Twitter. Yeah, I love Twitter. Then um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Send jobs. Send jobs. <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> Uh, what's your name? Then, what's your um, name on both platforms? On Twitter, and... Praise Ojekudo. Okay, and on LinkedIn, Praise Ojekudo. Okay. Then um, you can find me on Instagram as well. I love Instagram because I'm able to create, um, you know, stuff that isn't about work on there. Yeah, personal life content. Personal life content. So yeah, I'm a content creator too. So you can check me out on Instagram. Follow me. I'm sure you'll like my, my content. You like my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you can find me on those three places. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast, Praise. See, I, I told you you were going to kill it. I told you you were going to do so well. Thank you, me. I've been having fun. Yeah, you didn't even know the time was over an hour. Do you know, I thought, okay, to be that question and answer session, kind of like I'm on nah, the hot seat. never, But never. the way you were weaving everything together, it, it felt so relaxing. Thank you. And this was a really, this is, this is a really good first time. Thank you. I'm glad I was able to make your first experience very good then. Yes, you did. Thank you. And I'm so grateful. Thank you for reaching out to me. And thank you for thank responding. Thank you for encouraging me to be here yeah i mean i said i was committed to growth so even if it was scary and all of that i still needed to <laughs> you you did so well you did really well thank you well done and thank you once again have a lovely day over there i think it's just noon around your time yeah yeah so have a lovely day over there and take care of yourself you too see you on the timeline see you on the timeline <laughs> bye take for care now yourself. bye for now thanks for joining me on this episode of marketing over wine to listen to more career stories of marketing professionals around the world, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any podcast that will be your choice. Or simply visit marketingoverwine.com to stay up to date.